right, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Daniel. I'm Stead. I'm the host of the RNG Radio Show. And on the show, we discuss credit repair, real estate, resume writing, some motivation, and of course, a king and queen segment to uh, shine our uh, kings and queens in the community and across the uh, globe. So uh, today on the RNG Radio Show, um, I don't have any guests. I know, it's like, wait, Dan, you told me that you was booked up until uh, July 20th. I actually am, and that's actually starting on Monday. So uh, Monday, unless I get a surprise guest over the um, weekend, uh, Monday will actually be the official start of me doing three interviews daily up until uh, July 20th. So I'm really excited about that. That's three interviews that's going to be combined and uh, put out on, um, that's going to be put out on uh, pretty much the following day over and over and over again. So I'm really excited about that. I cannot wait. I, I'm freaking out, actually. I just can't wait. But let's move on to the show. Let's move on to the show. So uh, the first thing that I wanted to discuss with you all today is will and trust. Um, now, I know what you're thinking to yourself. I don't know anybody named Will. Sure, don't know anybody named Trust. Well, the United Credit Education Services offers will and trust included with the credit repair program. I know we went over crazy amount of things. Like, you know, tw- we've already went over 10 items that are free. We already went over 10 services that are included with your um credit repair plan and I mean step by step I'm like wow I gotta really get into this because even for myself I'm like wow the life insurance like the life insurance aspect was so easy folks all I had to do was click sign up and now I'm just waiting on the paperwork to sign off uh, subscribing to the plan now the longer that I stay in the program then the amount of the life insurance goes up but as far as getting started click subscribe and I'm in the plan that that's that for those that had gone through the life insurance policy, um, I remember having to. Uh, I remember a guy coming out with a scale, a scale, a weight scale, um, and uh, thankfully at the time I was a heavy smoker, uh, but praise God I'm not anymore. And when he came out with the scale, he's like, "Yeah, we're going to need to uh, do your height, your weight, uh, just to confirm your eligibility with the uh, life insurance." I'm like, "Oh, that for for that." Goodness gracious. So, but um, now looking at it, it is a cash value life insurance, so there's probably some reason behind it. But um, for the most part, if you are just in need of life insurance and you just need <clears throat> some insurance for your family to leave behind, um, that is the way to go. So, uh, but what we are talking about is kind of like similar to life insurance is the will and trust. So, for the uh, will and trust, um, it is developed by attorneys, and what's included is that you are able to leave your last will. Now, your last will states how you want your assets to be distributed among your heirs upon your death. The living trust is what is placed into your living trust can be altered throughout your timeline, and upon your passing will be transferred to whomever you appoint as trustee. So, will a you pretty much have a document saying that I'm leaving behind my air conditioner, my bottled water, and my house to my son. That is my will. When I die, that is what they get. I don't want to hear if, ands, or buts about it. This is what's said. So that's for the will. For trust, it's like, hey, right now you can have the air conditioner, uh, the lamp, the table, and the house currently to you right now, but 
it's got to be on a certain condition. So with the trust is usually uh, for those that after they graduate college um, or, you know, if they maybe achieve a certain feat in their own personal career. So that's the difference, honestly, between a will and trust. But the benefit that you have is that it's included with your program. Now, I know just thinking to yourself, well, Dan, how can this be beneficial to my lifestyle or how can this be beneficial to me? if I could just go on later on uh, to do my own will and trust. Well, I'm glad you asked of that. See, because, you know, I had to do the, um, what you call it, research for you. So if you go to trustandwill.com, they have a living trust. Now, this is just for the trust, folks. This is not for anything else. The living trust, a plan that covers everything, they have customized state-specific trust for three ninety nine. Or, 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 as a bonus, if you are a couple, it actually is $4.99. Can you believe that? Just $4.99 for couples or $3.99 uh, for a single individual? That is insane. Or, or you could be paying way less, around $3 a month, to keep this living uh, will and trust. And actually, once you have it done, that's that. So... Folks, you might want to uh, decide as far as what you want to choose out of life. Do you want to pay the uh, $3.99 and $4.99 for couples, or do you just want to stick with paying $3 a day in regards to taking care of yourself and your loved ones? So the choice is up to you. But if you need help with that decision, or you already made the wisest decision, give me a call, 267-702-3756. All right. So... The benefits that you have, and I actually wanted to go a little bit more. So I wanted to go over United Credit Education Services, the fact that we do offer it, um, and what is pretty much included with it. You know, we help you with the will, we help you with the trust. In addition, it is written and done by a attorneys, okay? So I don't want you to think that Dan's doing it or some schmo in the background is doing it. No, this is actually done uh, by attorneys themselves. So... Um, Let's see here. So we can get rid of that part and go over to understanding the difference between a will and trust. So I came across this article, Elder Law Answers. Now, I am not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. I am not a lawyer. I don't know how much more you need for a disclaimer, but guess what? I'm not a lawyer. I am reading from a lawyer, though. Elder Law Answers. So on here, uh, there's an article from September 19th, 2019, understanding the, difference, mm, understanding the differences uh, between a will and trust. So the main difference that they put on here, which I love that they pointed out, is saying one main difference between a will and a trust is that a will goes into effect only after you die. So while a trust takes effect as soon as you create it. So like I said, the example, hey, I'm leaving a trust or setting up a trust, or this current air conditioner. So this is currently going on right now. Like I'm entrusting it to you. I'm giving it to you with the fact that I know that you're gonna be responsible for it. You get me now? So a will is a document that directs who will receive your property at your death and it appoints a legal representative to carry out your wishes. So that's where the attorney comes into play, folks. So doing the will, um, having that will, having that trust set up is already done by the attorneys. Now you do have to call it's not something that you just say, oh, all right, well, it's taken care of because now I'm in the credit repair program. They're going to do my will and trust for me, so I'm good to go. No, 
it goes back to you actually having to figure out like, hey, what am I entrusting to uh, my heirs? What am I giving away to my family? Who is the sign upon this? And it's not the greatest conversation uh, to have, whether it be for yourself or whether it be with other family members. It is difficult because it's like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Two things in life, folks, death and taxes. You'll never get rid of them. Um, so understand that you know, with, with your will and with your trust, you're pretty much preparing for the future. You're preparing your legacy uh, for the next th stages in their life. So um, by contrast, the trust can be used to begin distributing property before death, at death or afterwards. A trust is a legal arrangement through which one person or an institution called a trustee holds legal title to property for another person called a beneficiary. So like I said, folks, I'm entrusting my bottled water to my son, my son, <laughs> uh, which called, would be considered the beneficiary. Now, the, the beneficiary always doesn't have to be somebody who's younger than you. It could be somebody that you know uh, might just outlive you, honestly. It could be your older sister, younger sister, um, what have you. But the beneficiary could be anybody that you choose. Most folks, of course, choose their own kids, nieces and nephews or grandkids, what have you. Um, but please know that with the uh, beneficiary, as far as giving towards or giving to, um, that they'll be the ones receiving it upon uh, completion, whether it be the will or whether it be the trust, um, it being immediately. So um, a will covers any property that is only in your name when you die. It does not cover property held in joint tenancy or in a trust. So that joint tenancy part. So let's say uh, me and um, you, you're listening right now. Of course you are. So let's say me and you uh, decide to get into a property. You know, we both engaged in it. We love it. Uh, Multi-unit complex. It's bringing the cash flow left and right. And let's say I want to put up a will or trust um, in regards to that property. There's no way that that's possible because jointly, uh, the person that would get it, God forbid if something happened to me, would go directly back to you. So uh, with the uh, will, um, what you call it, it can only cover property in your name, but like I said, with the joint tenancy, not so much because it's going to go back to that individual. Now, is there legal ramifications if something happens to the to you, I should say, um, yes, by all means, but I don't want to get into that because the main thing I want you to focus on is that something happens to me, it goes directly to you in a joint tenancy. Um, in order for property to be included in a trust, it must be put in the name of the trust. So my child, um, it's got to be put in there. You can't just say, oh, yeah, uh, this property is going to be going to such and such. No, it has to be put down and documented that it is going to them. Um, another difference between a will and a trust is that a will passes through probate. So that means a court oversees the administration of the will and ensures the will is valid and the property gets distributed the way the deceased wanted. So if you've ever seen, uh, for those that watch Power, um, any type of show where, you know, the loved one has passed away, but not really since actors and actresses, but where a loved one passes away and, you know, it's left for the family and some families get something, some families don't. So they're usually in a room. Now with the courts, Nine times out of 10, because, and currently right now with everything going on, but with the overseeing, uh, sometimes it might just be a court-appointed lawyer, you know, somebody that's like, hey, I have no intentions of anything at all. I'm just here to let you know what the facts are, and then we'll move forward. So that could honestly be the uh, process as well. Um, 
excuse me, a trespass is outside of probate. So a court does not need to oversee the process, which can save time and money. Unlike a will, which becomes part of the public record, a trust can remain private. Uh-huh. So wills and trusts each have their advantages and disadvantages. For example, a will allows you to name a guardian for children and to specify funeral arrangements, while a trust does not. On the other hand, a trust can be used to plan for disability or to provide savings on taxes. Your attorney can tell you how best to use a will and a trust in your estate plan. So um, definitely, you know, weigh out the options. But like I said, folks, you want to do this on your own, you got to talk to an attorney. Like at the end of the day, you need to talk to an attorney. But if you were with the credit repair program, you can just talk to the attorneys for free because they're already included with your services. So crazy how that sounds. But like I said, if you're interested, 267-702-3756. Now on to the next topic here, which is real estate, real estate, really on the real estate here. There we go, Mike. Um, so <laughs> I checked out a blog um, that was done actually September 12, uh, 2019 by Emily Lundberg on how to create an effective real estate prospecting action plan. So realtors, you're brand new or you just kind of lost that stride. This is something that you can do now. So pay attention. All right. And this might be even for our um, experienced ones as well. So in this article, we'll dive into six most important elements of a real estate prospecting action plan and give you specific steps to act on each one. So the first one, schedule time every day for prospecting. It's as simple as that. Now, a lot of folks will say, well, Dan, I just don't have the time. You got the time right now if you listen to me. So obviously you do have time. The time does not need to be an extended amount. A lot of people think that, oh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I got a realtor who's doing like three hours of cold call and prospecting. It's crazy. Well, some of us have to work. Some of us got nine to five jobs. Some of us aren't in a position where we can't put three hours in um, or even hire somebody to put three hours in into prospective cold calling. So schedule time every single day for prospecting, but give yourself some manageable time. Don't think that it needs to be hours on end. If it's just 15 minutes, then it's just 15 minutes. Because guess what you're doing? You're doing 15 minutes more than you did yesterday. Because I'm pretty sure if you're listening now, you didn't do any time yesterday. So be sure to stick to at least 15 to 20 minutes a day in regards to prospecting. Because here's the thing, especially if you're doing it on a part-time basis, who wants to be flooded with 100 calls while they're at work? Or somebody saying like, I need you to sell my house now. Please, please sell my house now. Meanwhile, you're at work, la da da, and you see your phone dinging like, mm, can't get to it now. Gotta get work done. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, another inquiry. Oh, my gosh, I gotta get work done. I gotta get work done. Oh, this person wants to sell the house now. Oh, my gosh, this commission check recovery. I gotta go. I gotta go. And then you're at risk of losing your job uh, because you're rushing towards the money and not making an effective plan. You got a 15, you spend 15 to 20 minutes on a couple of individuals, brand new individuals on a daily basis that will actually get you closer than it would for uh, some of us to actually just do the three hours on long All right, so schedule every time for day, but don't kill yourself in doing it. Uh, leverage your existing network, relatives, real estate agents. You need to let people know that you're a realtor. Folks, I'm a realtor, 267-702-3756. So continue to let people know that you're a realtor. Let them know that you can assist them. 
uh, with their real estate needs and just continuously reminding folks, you know, whether it be putting up stuff uh, in regards to the current housing market, whether it be letting people know about certain tips and tricks. I got a friend of mine um, on Instagram who I follow, Stephanie, who's, goodness gracious, she does wholesaling, she does general contracting. Uh, I believe she's a rocket scientist as well. Maybe not that last one, but she definitely has a lot of tests. But on her page, um, she has it where, you know, uh, and I believe it's My Life is Real Estate. Don't forget to check her out, though. Yeah, My Life is Real Estate. But on her page, she actually just has the tips on uh, real estate, you know, what somebody should be doing, what somebody shouldn't be doing. So my fellow realtors, real estate agents, you need to be letting people know, hey, if you're in the real estate game, you need to continuously remind folks that you are in the real estate game. So um, continue to uh, let people know. So that's leveraging your existing network. Now, they have some other things on here that you should actually be doing already, reaching out on birthdays, uh, thanking people when you get a referral from them, sending out a newsletter to former clients at least once a quarter to stay in touch, and a few weeks after sale, check it with your clients to make sure everything is going well. And that's even for wholesaling as well, you know. Sending out a gift to somebody or a thank you card, nobody's going to say no to it and say like, oh, what? wait, did they just give me a gift basket? knowing that we had a conversation about this. If you find out that the kid loves Doritos, send them a bunch of Doritos. Because the whole thing about it is that at the end of the day, the last thing on here, thank people when you get a referral from them. So how your business generates and how your business is going to consume and grow is by getting those referrals. Uh, foster lasting relationships in the community. So attend community events. Now I know it's kind of difficult. I know it's kind of hard and trust me, I was definitely at that peak. I had representative meetings. I had Saturday meetings that I was looking to go to um, to get myself named in the community uh, being a realtor. But you know, COVID came and then it's like, where are you now? So there still are Zoom calls that you can be a part of and even more so on a larger basis. So you might not be able to do well in the community as far as lasting, long-lasting relationships, but definitely you're able to foster long-lasting relationships with the world. All right. Um, create social media posts about your event attendance. Um, this shows potential prospects that you're an active member of the community. And that now what you can be doing is subscribing to a local senator, subscribing to a local a community leader, and whatever they post, you just share. That's as simple as that. Um, you know, whether it be an article, whether it be something that uh, could be beneficial. Now, the best place to post these, I know it's in social media, but you gotta go with what people are looking at. Instagram, hey, you need a picture of something that's gonna stand out. So I remember a long while ago, way back when things were going great that um, China had um, closed down hospitals. So me posting up as a picture on Instagram or even Twitter, that's great. But me just putting that as a picture maybe on Facebook or even LinkedIn, probably not so much. So the platforms that you have, the social media platforms that you have, use it to your advantage, whether it be YouTube, um, whether it be Facebook Live, um, you know, whether it be Facebook in itself, make sure that whatever content that you're putting up on social media matches that platform. Um, always have business cards available. Uh, the trick I learned from Dan Locke is that not so much that you have business cards, but people are eager to just search you for what you do. So for me, uh, being able to say, oh, yes, I'm hosting the RNG radio show. RNG radio show, I never heard of that. Oh, check me out on YouTube. 
Enough said. Like my contact information, of course, if you watch, 267-702-3756. Uh, my social media information is available on there. So there's really no reason why it's like, hey, why do you need this business card? No, I need you to research me and check me out on this uh, YouTube channel. So, and the same thing for you. You need to find a way that it's like, hey, how can people find you? And not just the Instagram handle, but how can people search you? And when they do search you, what are they looking for? So it doesn't take long to write a book, folks. I know. I know. So if you got the time, spend an hour to two each weekend, write a book on your favorite topic, get it self-published through Amazon, and go for it. I got a person who knows how to do this step by step. So she, um, I'm not sure if she'll be willing to show you, but pretty sure she got a plug in. Uh, you know, we can make a formal introduction. All right, optimize your online listings. Now, for all of my agents, and I don't know why this happens. I, I don't know whether laziness or too much money got in the way, but agents, realtors, if you have a listing and you're trying to get it out there, doing it one time is not gonna be beneficial for anybody. So the listing itself needs to be continuous, you know? Uh, when you're on Instagram, hey, don't feel that you need to show um, all eight pictures that you need to be plugging in. I believe it's eight pictures, eight to 10 pictures that you can plug in on there. Maybe just have two or three, you know, something that's gonna make it stand out so people can spend time Oh, ooh, oh, I do like that, all right? So make sure that you do do that. And that actually probably have a good idea in regards to the credit repair. But I'll get to that in a second because we were talking about real estate. Um, so uh, containing complete up-to-date information, highlighting nearby amenities, um, including good schools, business districts, et cetera. So, and that's something to point out, folks. You know, the amenities that are inside the home are great, but outside the home are really great as well. Where I currently live at right now in the Mayfair neighborhood, I am seconds, not minutes away, seconds from getting to 95, seconds from getting to uh, to Coney Palmyra Bridge. So being in this area is a great advertisement for somebody who's looking to purchase, you know, and I'm surrounded by four schools, two of which happen to be private. So folks, it's, you know, where I'm at, yes, it's definitely a gold mine. I could sell this place in like two seconds flat if I could. Um, and then having an easy way to uh, reach, having an easy way to reach out to you for more information. Like I said, folks, whether it be a phone number, whether it be an Instagram handle, and I preferably, because you should have a phone, if you do not, I don't want you to be researching me. Uh, you can just research me by looking at my name, you know, I'm still RNG radio show. But for those that just need to get in contact with me, or if you need people to follow you, you should just be giving out your phone number. Because at the end of the day, you need them to talk to you. So my agents, my realtors, um, you know, not so much if people ask like, hey, are you on Instagram? Yeah, but let me give them my number. Because I'd rather have the number on hand. So when you're ready to make that next step for your real estate purchase, you're either going to call or text me. So that's what it's all about. Rather than scrolling, stalking through my photos, you can stalk through them all day, all you want, but the initial point of contact that you have coming from me should be my phone number. Excuse me. Um, send personalized outreach to expire listings. Folks, this is what I'm doing, okay? This is exactly what I'm doing. Now, I'm going to tell you uh, what exactly I'm doing, and I know it's like, wait, Dan, 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 wait, this, these are your secrets. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, you do need to know that. So for expired listings, this is what I do. Bright MLS, okay? 
go on there, search expired listings. Now, I'm gonna, not going to tell you the criteria to search and what you need to search, but if you go on the Bright MLS, search expired listings. Now, uh, you want to go six months out. Now, um, for the expired listing, so we're in June, so everything back from January, and especially this is the prime time to check expired listings, and I'll tell you in a second. So you check your expired listings, you got a list. I'm pretty sure you got thousands of them already, if not even more. So when you have your expired listing, you check the address. After you check the address, skip trace it or utilize some type of skip tracing service to get the phone number. Once you have the phone number, go to slidebroadcast.com, plug in that phone number, create a scripted uh, speech for the voicemail, and then drop it in the box. And then that's it. And just do that over and over and over again. That's your 15 to 20 minutes a day, folks, in regards to getting prospect and lead time. Because here's the thing, I would rather leave a thousand voicemails than cold call a hundred prospects because I'm able to get so much faster and quicker by utilizing expired listings. I'm able to get uh, in contact with more individuals by me being able to drop a voicemail. Now, a lot of people just do like, oh, wait, I could just use one voicemail for a thousand people. I'll just do that and call it a day. That doesn't benefit anybody at all because what if somebody's just not interested? But if you're able to leave a personalized voicemail saying, hi, my name is Daniel Umstead, host of the RNG Railer Show, as well as Realtor with EXP. I was reaching out in regards to property 123 Main Street and wanted to discuss the home value with you. Feel free to give me a call back at 267-702-3756. That's it, folks. But you hear that plug-in with the address. Now, some names on the uh, listing, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to say it. So just keep it general. Greetings. My name is Daniel Umstead. Or hello, and I hope you're doing well today. But if you can't get a person's name, don't feel bad. Because when they call back, trust me, they will give their name. So um, reach out to leads ASAP. Always, 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 always. Most realtors and agents drop the ball. In fact, we actually had a number on here. A 2018 NAR survey found that 75% of sellers and 68% of buyers choose to work with the first real estate agent basically. So the moment that somebody says, hey, so out of 75 sellers, out of 75 out of 100 sellers pretty much said, hey, if I'm in need of an agent and I need to talk to somebody right away, I'm most likely going to go with them. Wait, what? So that is why it's encouraged to stay on the phone. Now, that is why that you should be continuously having activity on the phone and why you should be giving out your phone number. Ha ha. Ha ha. So uh, reach out to leads ASAP. Um, set up mobile notifications for all your prospect sources. Reach out to prospects within the hour to start discussing their needs. And folks, here's the thing. Don't go crazy, though. Please, please feel free to not go crazy. But if you got somebody, it's 10 a.m., but you got a listing to go to uh, to check out. You got another appointment. Meanwhile, in between those appointments, you're getting a call, and it's like, oh, shoot, I got to call this person back. Well, Dan Unstead told me that on uh, the blog that he read that he needs to be done with an hour. I mean, 75% of all sellers usually work with their agent on the first call. So I need to get in contact. No, 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 no. Here's the thing, folks. As long as you have activity going, then you're good. You know, you have no idea what's going on on the other end. I've had so many uh, prospects uh, come back to me. Or I had somebody who said like, hey, 
I never got your email. Oh, I sent it over to you twice. Really? You did? I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, you know what? I'm saying it now. And listen, I'm going to review this and I'll get back with you. Not a problem. So when you're giving out useful and valued information, don't feel it's a need to follow up. Now, if you got the time to follow up, by all means, that's great. But it's best if you send out a hundred, a hundred emails or send out a hundred inquiries or try to reach out to a hundred individuals rather than trying to follow up with the same 20 to 25. You're going to be going around in a circle when this game of real estate is moving forward. All right. And oh, that's it. So <laughs> uh, how to create an effective real estate prospecting action plan. First thing is take action. Find a way that you can take action today um, in regards to real estate. So uh, my next thing is resume tips. Now, resumeworded.com, uh, back in March 25th, 2019, asked an article about the top 20 or the 20 best resume tips, tricks, and hacks updated for 2020 and even listed with examples. So let's check this out here. Now, folks, just due to time and all, and I got to get some things done throughout the day here. Uh, I'm only going to choose five, and I can tell you right now that the uh, others that I came across, meh, not so much. So, um, resume tip number 10. Make sure your resume is readable by applicant tracking systems. What? Dan, I know that you talked about this before, but I didn't know that there was a thing called applicant tracking systems. Yes, there's a thing called applicant tracking systems. Now, the trick to get around that is simple. When you're looking at a job description and you're missing some key words that are on the job description that's not on your resume, you really don't want to finagle with your resume that much, pull those keywords and put them on your resume. Now, I know what you're thinking, Dan, uh, but my resume was actually created by you. I thought it was great. It is great, especially if it was created by me. But the thing that you must note is that uh, certain words that are on the job description are going to get picked up by the applicant tracking system. So what you need to do is go into your resume, all the way at the bottom, especially if you're using Microsoft Word, in the footer, you need to put those keywords. Now, not a whole lot, but just enough to say like, hey, I know what you're talking about. So if um, the job description is saying data analytics, make sure if you don't have data analytics on the resume, but you're definitely qualified for the job, make sure at the footer you are typing data analytics. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, then they're gonna see the word data analytics and point me out. Well, not if you put it in white font. And then after you put it in white font, you might get those little squiggly lines. Make sure you right-click and ignore, so that way you can ignore the formatting. And then uh, you save your uh, document as a PDF file, and then you submit your resume. So that way, when they do look at it, bam. Oh, and make sure that font is as small as possible, folks. So that is the uh, trick for the... Um, getting by the applicant tracking system. So best trick I've ever, ever had in a whole long time. So um, the other, organize your sections effectively. So, and I, I know I talked about usually the beginning part of a resume, you name your contact information, and then it goes into summary of skills. When you're breaking out your sections though, and you're starting off summary of skills, that whole objective statement, please get rid of it. You should be talking about summary of skills, summary of qualifications, or profile. So that's literally your title, and then you go into who you are, or a brief blurb about who you are. Now, after all that's said and done, 
depending upon when you complete your education, that should be going next. Um, but if work experience tripes your um, education, then by all means, put your work experience first. Your work experience education or vice versa. And then the uh, section after that uh, should be any type of uh, skills that you feel are highly qualified. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Dan, shouldn't I put that at the top? Not so much. See, the skills is like that fireworks, that fireworks finale. So, you know, think of it this way. Your summary of qualifications is that big person one. Wow, this person has been in the industry for 10 plus years. Oh, man, I got to keep going with this. Uh, and then <clears throat> I noticed on their education that they recently got their master's. Whoa, that's another big firework. Or work experience-wise, whoa, they've been at the same company for the past three years. Oh, this is awesome. Man, I'm just, I'm just loving this resume. This is the employers, the HR recruiters, and even myself. Man, this is great. And then, and then the finale is the uh, skills. So putting down on the skills like proficient in Microsoft Word and everything like that. Because it doesn't matter if it's going at the top or if it's going at the bottom, but you got to organize your sections effectively to make yourself stand out. Now, if you need assistance on that, and I've told people many, many times again, and I'm going to be doing this for free until, like I said, everything gets elevated. I'm talking about to the point where I'm able to go in a shop, right, without a mask on. So until then, my resume writing services are free. Now, time-wise, trust me, it's not going to be a month later, but please don't expect no more than uh four days as far as the turnaround time. So if you need assistance with your resume, or if you know somebody that needs assistance with their resume, please have them give me a call, 267-702-3756. All right. <clears throat> um, let's see here. Number 19, um, ensure your resume is consistent with your online profiles, such as LinkedIn. What? Oh, man, that's insane. So, yes. Yes, yes, and double yes. Make sure that what you have on your resume matches with what is on LinkedIn. Now, it doesn't have to be exact, right? What's on my resume definitely doesn't show the RNG radio show. It definitely doesn't show uh, me being an entrepreneur. Um, definitely doesn't show even me being a realtor. Well, actually, it does show that part. But uh, for the most uh, inclination, uh, I should say, uh, the consistency that you need to make sure that you do have, sorry, I'm stumbling with my words a little bit there, um, is that what you have on your resume matches with what's on LinkedIn. And even on LinkedIn, it needs to be that more fireworks finale on there. All right. <clears throat> so how many did we go over? About three, four, four, five? Use four, five. All right. Um, another tip, reason resume tip number 14, use a meaningful file name. Because here's the thing. Um, I can't tell you how many times that I've seen people say sample resume 2020, uh, other people saying, you know, Marcus's resume when their name is Michael. Um, so, so many different things that people are doing and they shouldn't be doing. So with that being said and all, uh, make sure that you're using a meaningful file name and that is as simple as your first name dot last name um, dot PDF. All right. And then now uh, one more tip before I let you go here. Um, no, not that one. We already talked about that one. Tailor your resume to include relevant achievements. I like that. So never send in a generic, generic, generic resume for a job, even if you're applying for multiple jobs in quick succession. It is well worth the time it takes to tell your resume to each and every position you're applying for. So 
<clears throat> Here's the thing, folks. If you're applying for a job, and this kind of goes with the same thing with the cover letter, make sure that your resume is formatted and attentive to that company. So, um, or I should say attentive to that job description. Because I can't tell you how many times I get people say like, oh yeah, I know this is a call center job. I forgot to put down my experience. Why? Why? Oh, I just didn't feel like editing it. And, you know, I pretty much was able to get a job uh, with my resume look like this last time. So it's like, no, there's competition out there, folks. There's even more competition than there is out there way beforehand. You got the people coming out of college who are like, well, I just need a job right now because I got to take care of these student loans. Um, you know, or uh, somebody's in transition in between jobs and it's like, or they need to get out of their current one and they're looking for better opportunities. So you are fighting with all these individuals and so much more people coming out of retirement and such. So make sure that your resume is fitting to that job in addition that it's including the past achievements and work experience that is showcasing your talent and your skills. All right, and then last but not least, uh, my kings and queens section. Well, I actually got to go over um, <clears throat> not so much the kings and queens section, but also the, um, oh, you got to be kidding me. What bloody happened, mate? I wanted to discuss with you. Ooh, I hate when this thing happens. So when I click on the profile, it doesn't show, um, it doesn't show or go back to where it needs to be at. So um, I'll just utilize her. So my king today, sorry, bud, but my queen today for the Kings and Queens section is Queen Kristen Clark. She is the president and executive director of the National Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. You can find her at Kristen Clark JD. Um, as the president and executive director of the National Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, Kristen Clark focuses on protecting the rights of Black Americans and other historically marginalized communities. A champion of expanding voting rights, Clark successfully led the effort to prevent the Trump administration from adding a citizenship question to the 2020 census that could have prevented immigrant communities from being counted. As an attorney, she also helped the first African-American female student body president of American University win a $725,000 settlement from the publisher of a neo-Nazi website that led a troll storm against her. Before joining the Lawyers Committee, Clark served as the head of the Civil Rights Bureau for the New York State Attorney's General Office and worked for the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund where she fought against restrictions to voting access. Wow! Queen Kristen Clark, we thank you so much and continue on uh, to enlighten and strengthen our communities. That is amazing. 725,000? Uh, listen, I was like, 725,000? I'm like, now I'm like, can I find a neo-Nazi and just have them talk bad about me and then call her to hire me? You know, we work something now? No. Everything in life, folks, you should be earning. Never, ever, ever look at a free ticket because that free ticket always, always comes for the price. As I always tell my son, nothing in this life is free. The air even that you're breathing right now still costs money um, because you're paying for the air that you're uh, living in. So, or taxes in some way, fashion, form. Like I told you, death and taxes, folks. But before I leave you, uh, for those that were listening to the um, earlier uh, motivation piece, and I apologize for the language. I was over here in the background and all I heard is F shit. I was like, hey, ah. All right, it's getting the point across, though. 
skin the point across. But if you didn't hear it, uh, not a problem. So the focus behind it is that fly. You need to fly. You need to <clears throat> the uh, some one philosopher had stated, you know, hey, if birds are able to fly anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, how come that they don't? And then the same applies to you and I. How come is it that we're able to go anywhere in the world or able to accomplish anything in the world? Like a lot of people, um, I know folks that are from West Philadelphia that never been outside West Philadelphia that they just stayed in there or maybe a couple of times that they've uh, branched out to Center City for something needed, but for the most part just stayed in that area. So understand that you're able to fly. You should be flying. You should be flying towards your goals. You should be flying to every single thing. Know this and understand this. A lot is going to be done, not only for myself, but the people that I surround myself with as well. So I want you to realize that, hey, it's not just about like, oh, well, um, you know, I can only do certain things or I can only do limited amount of things or I can't do everything that I want to do. No, you can do everything that you want to do. If you want to be an artist, be an artist. You want to be a realtor, be a realtor. If you want to sign and sell books, sign and sell books. You can be anything that you want to. You just need to put your mind to it. But flying in regards to that means that you're branching out. You're letting your wings stand. You are literally stretching out your arms and flapping away towards your goals and towards your dreams. It's not hard, folks. It really isn't. But the problem that people think is that, oh, well, my wings don't go that far. Or maybe uh, my arm is broken right now, so I can't get out there and fly the way that I want to. You can fly anywhere you want to, anywhere anywhere at all. You want to know what Paris looks like right now? Well, not so much right now. Uh, well, pretty sure there are cameras that you can look at Paris right now. But if you want to get an idea of what Paris looks like, you just go to YouTube and just do a virtual tour around Paris, France. It's that simple, folks. You know, you can learn so many things just from going on the internet and not just to see the next tour contest, which I think twerking is actually phased out. I, I haven't seen any shaky shakes. No shaky shake. That's interesting. Uh, well, not as many, or probably because I've taken myself out of that. So, um, folks, understand that, you know, like I said, when you fly, fly high. Fly strong and fly proudly to get to your goals. It is possible, it is achievable, and it can be done. So, with that being said, have a great day, folks. Fly towards your goals, fly towards your dreams. And you know what I'm going to say? What am I going to say? As always, on the RNG Radio Show. Stay blessed, my fellow millionaires. Have a great one, and thank you again for watching. Flesled on the beat.